0: Welcome to Sartori Stories. Each episode, Frank Sartori reads you a wonderful story. This episode is a two-in-one Christmas special. Frankie reads you part of an old Christmas classic, and he reads you a modern-day Christmas classic.
1: Hello there, and welcome to another episode of Sartori Stories. I'm your host, Frank Sartori. I know it's been a long time since you've heard my voice here on this podcast, But I have been recovering from pneumonia, and I was just too sick to record stories for you. But I'm doing a little bit better, and I'm back. And I'm just in time for the Christmas season. For today's podcast episode, I'm going to be reading you two holiday stories. One is a treasured classic, and the other is a story about how you can't have Christmas every day. First off, I start with this classic holiday story. A Christmas Carol, written by Charles Dickens. Stay 5, the end of it. Yes, and the bedpost was his own. The bed was his own. The room was his own. Best and happiest of all, the time before him was his own. To make amends in. I will live in the past, the present, and the future, Scrooge repeated, "'as he scrambled out of bed. "'The spirits of all three shall strive within me. "'Oh, Jacob Marley, heaven, and the Christmas time be praised for this. "'I say it on my knees, old Jacob, on my knees.' "'He was so fluttered and so glowing with his good intentions "'that his broken voice would scarcely answer to his call. "'He had been sobbing violently in his conflict with the spirit, "'and his face was wet with tears. "'They are not torn down,' cried Scrooge folding one of his bed curtains in his arms. They are not torn down. Rings and all. He, they're, they are here. I am here. The shadows of the things that would have been may be dispelled. They will be. I know they will. His hands were busy with his garments all this time, turning them inside out, putting them on upside down, tearing them, mislaying them, making them parties to every kind of extravagance. I don't know what to do cried Scrooge, laughing and crying in the same breath, and making a perfect lacoon of himself with his stockings. I am as light as a feather. I am as happy as an angel. I am as merry as a schoolboy. I am as giddy as a drunken man. A Merry Christmas to everybody. A Happy New Year to all the world. Hallo there. Whoop. Hallo! He had frisked into the sitting room and was now standing there, perfectly winded. There's the saucepan that the gruel was in, cried Scrooge, starting off again and going round the fireplace. There's the door by which the ghost of Jacob Marley entered. There's the corner where the ghost of Christmas Present sat. There's the window where I saw the wandering spirits. It's all right. It's all true. It all happened. Ha ha ha. Really, for a man who had been out of practice for so many years, it was a splendid laugh. A most illustrious laugh. The father of a long, long line of brilliant laughs. I don't know what day of the month it is, said Scrooge. I don't know how long I've been among the spirits. I don't know anything. I'm quite a baby. Never mind. I don't care. I'd rather be a baby. Hello, whoop, hello there. He was checked in his transports by the churches, ringing out the lustiest peals he had ever heard. Clash, clang, hammer, ding, dong, bell. Bell, dong, ding, hammer, clang, clash. Oh, glorious, glorious. Running to the window, he opened it and put out his head. No fog? No mist. Clear, bright, jovial, stirring cold. Cold, piping for the blood to dance. to Golden sunlight. Heavenly sky. Sweet, fresh air. Merry bells. Oh, glorious, glorious. What's today? Cried Scrooge, calling downward to a boy in Sunday clothes, who perhaps had loitered in to look about him. Eh? Returned the boy with all his might of wonder. What's today, my fine fellow? Said Scrooge. "'Today,' replied the boy. "'Why, Christmas Day!' "'It's Christmas Day,' said Scrooge to himself. "'I haven't missed it. "'The spirits have done it all in one night. "'They can do anything they like. "'Of course they can. "'Of course they can. "'Hello, my fine fellow. "'Hello,' returned the boy. "'Do you know the Pultipers in the next street "'but one at the corner?' Scrooge inquired. "'I sure hope I did,' replied the lad. "'An intelligent boy,' said Scrooge. "'A remarkable boy.' Do you know whether they've sold the prize turkey that was hanging up there? Not the little prize turkey. The big one? What, the one as big as me? returned the boy. What a delightful boy, said Scrooge. It's a pleasure to talk to him. Yes, my buck. It's hanging there now, replied the boy. It is it? said Scrooge. Go and buy it. Walker exclaimed the boy. No, no, said Scrooge. I am in earnest. Go and buy it, and tell him to bring it here, that I may give them the direction where to take it. Come back with the man, and I'll give you a shilling. Come back with him in less than five minutes, and I'll give you half a crown. The boy was off like a shot. He must have had a steady hand at a trigger, who could have got a shot off half so fast. I'll send it to Bob Cratchit, whispered Screw, rubbing his hands and splitting with a laugh. He shan't know who sends it. It's twice the size of Tiny Tim. Joe Miller never made such a joke as sending it to Bob's will be. The hand in which he wrote the address was not a steady one but right it he did, somehow, and went downstairs to open the street door, ready for the coming of the poulterer's man. As he stood there, waiting his arrival, the knocker caught his eye. "'I shall love it, as long as I live,' cried Scrooge, patting it with his hand. I scarcely ever looked at it before. What an honest expression it had in its face. "'It's a wonderful knocker. Here's the turkey. Hello, whoop, how are you? Merry Christmas.' It was a turkey." He never could have stood upon his legs, that bird. He would have snapped him short off in a minute, like sticks of sealing wax. Why, it's impossible to carry that to Camden Town, said Scrooge. You must have a cab. The chuckle with which he had said this, and the chuckle with which he paid for the turkey, and the chuckle with which he paid for the cab, and the chuckle with which he recompensed the boy, were only to be exceeded by the chuckle with which he sat down breathless in his chair again, and chuckled till he cried. Shaving was not an easy task, for his hand continued to shake very much, and shaving requires attention, even when you don't dance while you're at it. But if he had cut the end of his nose off, he would have put a piece of sticking plaster over it and been quite satisfied. He dressed himself all in his best, and at last got out into the streets. The people were by this time pouring forth as he had seen them with the Ghost of Christmas present. And walking with his hands behind him, Scrooge regarded every one with a delighted smile. He looked so irresistibly pleasant in a word, that three or four good-humoured fellows said, "'Good morning, sir, a merry Christmas to you,' and Scrooge said often afterwards that of all the blithe sounds he had ever heard, those were the blithest in his ears. He had not gone far when coming on towards him he beheld the portly gentleman who had walked into his counting house the day before, and said, "'Scrooge and Marley's, I believe?' It sent a pain across his heart to think how this old gentleman would look upon him when they met, but he knew what path lay straight before him, and he took it. My dear sir, said Scrooge, quickening his pace and taking the old gentleman by both his hands. How do you do? I hope you succeed yesterday. It was very kind of you. A merry Christmas to you, sir. Mr. Scrooge? Yes, said Scrooge. That is my name, and I fear it may not be pleasant to you. Allow me to ask your pardon. And will you have the goodness, here, Scrooge whispered in his ear. Lord, bless me, cried the gentleman, as if his breath were taken away. My dear Mr. Scrooge, are you serious? If you please, said Scrooge. Not a farthing less. A great many back payments are included in it, I assure you. Will you do me that favor? My dear sir, said the other, shaking hands with him. I don't know what to say to such munificence. Don't say anything, please, retorted Scrooge. Come and see me. Will you come and see me? I will, cried the old gentleman, and it was clear he meant to do it. Thank ye, said Scrooge. I am much obliged to you. I thank you fifty times. Bless you. He went to church and walked about the streets and watched the people hurrying to and fro and patted children on the head and questioned beggars and looked down into the kitchens of houses and up to the windows and found that everything could yield him pleasure. He had never dreamed that any walk that anything could give him so much happiness. In the afternoon, he turned his steps toward his nephew's house. He passed the door a dozen times before he had the courage to go up and knock, but he made a dash and did it. Is your master at home, my dear? said Scrooge to the girl. Nice girl. Very. Yes, sir. Where is he, my love? said Scrooge. He's in the dining room, sir, along with mistress. I'll show you upstairs, if you please. Thank ye. He knows me, said Scrooge with his hand already on the dining room lock. I'll go in here, my dear. He turned it gently and sidled a space in, round the door. They were looking at the table, which was spread out in great array, for these young housekeepers are always nervous on such points and like to see that everything is right. Fred, said Scrooge. Dear heart alive, how his niece-by-marriage started. Scrooge had forgotten, for the moment, about her sitting in the corner with the footstool or he wouldn't have done it, on any account. "'Why, bless my soul!' cried Fred. "'Who's that?' "'It's I, your Uncle Scrooge. "'I've come to dinner. "'Will you let me in, Fred?' "'Let him in. "'It is a mercy he didn't shake his arm off. "'He was at home in five minutes. "'Nothing could be heartier.' "'His niece looked just the same. "'So did Topper when he came in. "'So did the plump sister when she came in. "'So did everyone when they came.' Wonderful party. Wonderful games. Wonderful unanimity. Wonderful happiness. <sighs> but he was early at the office next morning. Oh, he was early there. If he could only be there first and catch Bob Cratcher coming late, that was the thing he had set his heart upon. And he did it. Yes, he did. The clock struck nine. No, Bob. A quarter past. No, Bob. He was full eighteen minutes and a half behind his time. Scrooge sat with his door wide open, that he might see him come into the tank. His hat was off before he opened the door, his comforter, too. He was on his stool in a jiffy, driving away with his pen, as if he were trying to overtake nine o'clock. Hello, growled Scrooge, in his accustomed voice as near as he could feign it. What do you mean by coming here at this time of day? I am very sorry, sir, said Bob. I am behind my time. You are? repeated Scrooge. Yes, I think you are. Step this way, sir, if you please. It's only once a year, sir, pleaded Bob apparently from the, appearing from the tank. It shall not be repeated. I was making rather merry yesterday, sir. Now I'll tell you what, my friend, said Scrooge. I am not going to stand this sort of thing any longer. And therefore, he continued, leaping from his stool and giving Bob such a dig in the waistcoat that he staggered back into the tank again and therefore I'm about to raise your salary. Bob trembled and got a little nearer to the ruler. He had a momentary idea of knocking Scrooge down with it, holding him and calling to the people in the court for help in a straight waistcoat. A Merry Christmas, Bob, said Scrooge, with an earnestness that could not be mistaken, as he clapped him on the back. A merrier Christmas, Bob, my good fellow, that I have given you for many a year. I'll raise your salary and endeavor to assist your struggling family. And we will discuss your affairs this very afternoon over a Christmas bowl of smoking bishop, Bob. Make up the fires and buy another coal scuttle before you dot another eye, Bob Cratchit. Scrooge was better than his word. He did it all and infinitely more. And to Tiny Tim, who did not die, he was a second father. He became as good a friend, as good a master, and as good a man as the good old city knew or any other good old city, town, or borough in the good old world. Some people laughed to see the alteration in him, but he let them laugh, and little heeded them, for he was wise enough to know that nothing ever happened on this globe, for good, at which some people did not have their fill of laughter in the outset, and knowing that such as these would be blind anyway, he thought it quite as well that they should wrinkle up their eyes and grins, as have the mal- malady in less attractive forms. His own heart laughed, How to appreciate Christmas and live in the past, the present, and the future. But would Ebenezer Scrooge want Christmas every day? That is another question. Which leads us into our second story about a fuzzy red monster who makes a wish about having Christmas every day. Is that a good idea? Let's find out. Elmo saves Christmas based on the television special by Christine Ferraro and Tony Geiss, illustrated by Tom Brandon. It was Christmas Eve on Sesame Street, and everyone was busy. Luis and Maria were shopping for presents, Snuffy was leaving to visit his granny in Cincinnati for Christmas Day, and Elmo was taking home cookies for Santa Claus. This year, Elmo was going to stay up to see Santa, no matter what. This year, Elmo will definitely see Santa Claus come down the chimney, said Elmo. Elmo won't fall asleep, not like last year. But Elmo soon fall asleep. He was snoring softly when suddenly a loud noise woke him up. It was Santa Claus and his smallest reindeer, Lightning. Get me out of here, yelled Santa from the chimney. Don't worry, Santa, said Elmo. Elmo will pull you out and he tugged and he pulled on Santa's boot with all of his might until Santa came unstuck. Sonny boy, I could have been stuck in this chimney all night. Then what would have happened? Asked Santa, dusting off his red suit. When you pulled me out of that chimney, son, you save Christmas for kids all over the world, said Santa. So I'm giving you a very special Christmas present. Oh, goody, goody. What is it, Santa? this magical snow globe. Why is it magical? asked Elmo. With the globe, you get three wishes, Santa explained. Three wishes? What a great Christmas this is turning out to be, exclaimed Elmo. Elmo's first wish was for a glass of water, because he was thirsty. He thought and thought what his second wish would be, until finally he decided. Elmo loves Christmas, Elmo wanted to be Christmas every day, starting right away. That's Elmo's second wish. And Elmo closed his eyes and shook his magical globe until the snow glittered and swirled. Up at the North Pole, the elves had just finished making all the Christmas toys and were playing their vacations, when suddenly the toy machine started up. It's Christmas again, said one elf. But we just had Christmas, said another elf. What about my vacation? said a third. Meanwhile, back on Sesame Street, Elmo got his wish. The next day was Christmas again. That makes one, two Christmases, counted the count. Great, said Big Bird. But I wonder when Snuffy will come home. Yay, said Elmo. Nobody has to work or go to school. Christmas again makes everyone happy. Speak for yourself, said Oscar. I hate Christmas. Bah humbug. Santa was beginning to feel like a grouch himself. He flew back to Sesame Street. Elmo, what have you done? he asked. Elmo wished to have Christmas every day. Yay! You can't have Christmas every day. Santa called to his little list reindeer, Lightning. Lightning, I want you to fly past the morning sunrise into the days after tomorrow, so Elmo can see what Christmas will be like next springtime. When it's warm, and next summer when it's hot, and next winter at Christmas time, so Elmo can really see if he likes Christmas every day. And so lightning carried Elmo out of snowy winter, flying faster than time. Elmo looked down and saw the world getting greener and greener until a puff of warm wind told them both it was next springtime. They landed on Sesame Street. Elmo had never seen Christmas in springtime before. Everyone on Sesame Street was still celebrating. There was no snow left, and there were flowers everywhere. One hundred twenty-four, said the count. I have counted one hundred twenty-four Christmases, one after the other. Big Bird was starting to miss Snuffy, who had been away visiting his granny for all one hundred and twenty-four straight days. Maria and Louise were so busy wrapping presents and cooking turkey that the fix it shop was still closed for Christmas. And the Easter Bunny, who was not known as the Christmas Bunny, was busy selling Christmas eggs. Elma was still excited. Christmas in springtime is fun, he said to Lightning as he hopped back into the sled. Now Elma wants to see Christmas in summer. This time, Elma and Lightning flew to summer on Sesame Street it was the 4th of July. The Christmas fun was still continuing. Happy 4th of July and Merry Christmas, everyone! I have now counted 193 straight Christmases on Sesame Street, exclaimed the count. When will it end? The fixer shop was still closed. Outside was a pile of broken toasters. Maria and Luis were still wrapping presents and eating turkey drumsticks. I wish Christmas would end so Snuffy could come home, Big Bird sniffled. Elmo couldn't believe it. Lightning, maybe Christmas every day doesn't make people as happy as Elmo thought. On their next flight, Lightning took Elmo ahead to the day when it really was Christmas. It's December 25th, said a very worn-out count. The day is Christmas number 365, and I am tired of counting them. What happened to Sesame Street? asked Elmo, looking around. Where are all the decorations? Why isn't anybody celebrating? I wish it would stop being Christmas so I could see Snuffy again, said Big Bird. I haven't seen him for a whole year. Luis and Maria were boarding up the Fix-It shop and closing it for good. Even Santa had decided it was time to retire. Elmo, I can't carry heavy bags of toys every night. I'm a senior citizen. Besides, nobody seems to care about Christmas anymore. Elmo couldn't believe his ears. Maybe Santa was right. Every day can't be Christmas. What will Elmo do? Then Elmo remembered he had one wish left. Elmo will wish that Christmas will be just like it used to be when it was only one day a year, he exclaimed. Everyone cheered. Elmo shook his magical snow globe to make his final wish but he shook it too hard. The snow globe tumbled to the ground and broke. What do we do now, Lightning? Elmo has no more wishes left. Then suddenly, Elmo had an idea. Let's fly back in the sleigh, back in time to when Elmo pulled Santa out of the chimney, before Elmo wished for Christmas every day. And so Lightning took Elmo back, back through fall and summer and spring to the Christmas Eve when it all started when Elmo pulled Santa out of the chimney. Only this time, Elmo asked Santa for a Moo Bunny toy, instead of the magical snow globe. The Moo Bunny didn't have any wishes, but it was cuter. And when Elmo and Santa went outside, they saw that Christmas on Sesame Street was the way it used to be. And Elmo had saved Christmas, after all. You certainly cannot have Christmas every day of the year. That would be too much, wouldn't it? It sure would. But even when Christmas is over, you can still keep it in your heart and you can still act like it's Christmas every day just by showing a little bit of kindness to everyone. A little kindness goes a long way. And by doing that, you can have Christmas every day of the year just by giving a little bit of yourself. I hope... You enjoyed this episode of Sartori Stories, and I hope that you have the merriest Christmas of all from everyone here at the podcast. And if you don't celebrate Christmas, happy holidays to you. As my executive producer, Matt Bingle, said on our last episode, we have some great stories coming for you in the new year in 2023. I hope you are excited for that, and I cannot wait to read you the next story. So until then, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and Happy Reading.
0: Sartori Stories was hosted and created by Frank Sartori, Executive Producer, Editor, and Music Composer, Matt Bingo. A Christmas Carol was written by Charles Dickens. Elmo Saves Christmas, Book, Copyright 1997, Random House Incorporated. Based on the television special, Copyright 1996, Sesame Workshop. Sartori Stories is co-produced of Sartori Entertainment and Bingo Productions. Greetings, Matt Bingo speaking. Just wanted to take this time, real quick, and just wish everybody a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And thank you for your continued support. It really means a lot that you love listening to these stories. We will return after the New Year with some more wonderful stories here on Sartori Stories. Once again, thank you for your continued support. It really does mean a lot. So, from me and Frankie and everybody at Sartori Stories, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and Happy Holidays, and Happy Reading.